0: Our first reading uh, today is from Revelation, two different chapters in Revelation. We're starting in chapter 1, verse 12. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. And now on to chapter 22, verse 12. Look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Um, it was uh, last summer and um, I, we were in Scotland on holiday and um, it was late in the evening and the sun had not quite set and I had climbed up high to a rocky outcrop overlooking the glass-like sea and the sandy bay below. And uh, there was a convenient seat-like rock and uh, I sat on it to rest alone. It was very beautiful. Scotland is very beautiful. Apart from when it's raining. I'm looking at my husband who's nodding. Apart from when it's raining. (laughs) I'm sitting there. And then suddenly, a man appears. Out of nowhere. Just right beside me. A complete stranger. As the light (coughs) is dimming. Perhaps he had had the same idea as me. And I felt... As a woman alone in the dark and in this isolated position, I felt completely calm. I felt no anxiety because I knew, although I couldn't see and indeed I couldn't hear them because of the angle of the rock, that Nick and my children were just minutes away. I wasn't really alone with this stranger, despite all appearances. And minutes later, the chattering trio duly arrived. But what really struck me was that inner sensation of calm. You see, how much the knowledge of their presence nearby had radically changed how I viewed that situation. See, if I hadn't known they were coming, things would have felt really different as a woman in an isolated place, even if the reality hadn't changed one iota. The vision that John is given of Jesus did something very similar for him and the churches in what is today Western Turkey. It changed their perspective. It reminded them and reassured them That what they faced, they didn't face alone. More than that, the Lord they followed, the one they were very likely to give their lives for, had authority far greater than any other. John, as you might know, was in exile on the island of Patmos. And the churches in Asia Minor were in a situation of great uncertainty and fear. Persecution had begun by the Romans with their insistence on emperor worship. The emperor Domitian was demanding to be called our Lord and God. And one of their fellow Christians, Antiochus, had already been put to death because he hadn't renounced his faith. And what John and the believers are presented with here in the midst of of their uncertainty and fear, is a glorious reminder of the authority and might of the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus who is the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega, God himself victorious. And it is a reassurance for us too here in 2019. The message is for us too as God's servants. That's, that is who the message is addressed to in chapter 1, verse 1. And while, of course, we do not face such threats to our lives as those early believers, there is no doubt as we begin this new year that we also, have a mix of uncertainty and fear for the year ahead. Politically, the landscape is deeply uncertain with Brexit, with a weakened Prime Minister and a minority government. Economically, things could take a serious downturn. And environmentally, there are serious challenges ahead for the health of our planet. And personally... We will each be facing our own concerns, employment or lack of, perhaps bullying bosses, perhaps financial pressures, perhaps illness for ourselves or those we care for, personal fears. The new year brings the unknown and that can be unsettling and our response is often to want to take control ourselves to take charge with our own New Year's resolutions, to change things, improve things, do life differently, eat less cake. That's my personal one. Yet we're reminded by John's vision that our starting place is always Jesus, to fix our eyes firmly on him rather than anything else whether at the beginning of the new year or any time in that year and over the next seven weeks we're going to be very deliberately doing that at St Matt's um, on uh, on a Sunday with our sermon series focusing on Jesus and who he says he is, who he is rather than who we like to think he is and I hope that we will each be encouraged and challenged as we read Jesus' words about himself, his I am sayings from the Gospel of John and today from Revelation. John's vision of the Jesus he loved before all others. And just at the end when you leave do you have a look at the back by the cross because Andrea has started to make this beautiful book that says, I am, and each week she's going to be making um, different parts of this uh, material book that describe the different aspects of God. Thank you, Andrea, for doing that. It's so beautiful. So I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. That's what Jesus says. And firstly, we see in this claim that Jesus has authority over all things. If he's there at the start... And if he's there at the end, that is mightily all-encompassing. And in this very book of Revelation, we just read the first chapter and the last chapter, there is no doubt who is in charge. In Greek, the very first letter of the first word of this book is an alpha. And the very last letter of the last word of this book is an omega isn't that beautiful i think that is probably really intentional by john and there is a structure to this declaration first god in chapter 1 verse 8 says i am the alpha omega who is and who was and who is to come and then jesus says he is the first and the last in verse 17 and then at the end of the book God repeats this declaration in twenty-two verse six. He says, "It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end." And then Jesus repeats all three designations again in twenty-two thirteen, as we heard, "I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end." There's a real structure to the shape of this book, and John has no doubt as to Jesus' divinity. This name is God's name. Back in the Old Testament in Isaiah 44 verse 6 God says I am the first and the last. Apart from me there is no God. And there is no other God. There is no earthly Caesar, there is no boss, no human situation or relationship that can ever match this authority. And Jesus' authority extends over life, over death, over heaven, over hell. Not just because through him all things were made, but because he took our flesh, lived and died to redeem and to transform our human lives. To free us from sin, the mess of our own making, the tangle we had made and we continue to make for ourselves there is nothing in our lives nothing that we face that we have done that is outside of his authority however small or however large it appears to us but do we acknowledge that do we claim that do we live that Because, you know, when we do, it offers us incredible freedom. We were not made to be God. He was. We are not made to determine all things. God was. Yes, incredibly, he shares his responsibility for the earth with us. But we don't have the last say. He does. I wonder what we are holding to ourselves that perhaps we need to give back to him, what authority, what lordship have we taken or perhaps allowed others to take that is rightfully his. Secondly, we see not only his authority, but we see his continuing presence with us. You see, we could think that because he's the first and the last, the alpha and the mega, he's not really concerned with the bit in between. This is not the equivalent of a donut ring or a polo mint with the non-fattening centre. Rather, this is the equivalent of the chocolate from the Christmas chocolate box with the hazelnut in the centre. Or, for those of you who've got a nut allergy, the caramel in the centre. You see, in John's vision of Jesus, he sees someone like a son of man among the golden lampstands. And the golden lampstands, that's the imagery for the churches. Jesus is not distant, he's not detached, he's not over there. But he is among them with us now. Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age, says Jesus in Matthew 28. He is the one who knows our life, who shared our life. And he is not the theist watchmaker who is distant and detached. Every moment of every day can be shared with him, given to him, walked with him. I don't know if you have days when everything seems to go wrong when you feel low and when there doesn't seem to be any hope and then in that moment when you've exhausted your own resources and you remember his still quiet voice and you whisper those words help me Lord change my perspective let me see as you see." And then you carry on your day. And then maybe an hour later, perhaps a bit more, everything has changed, maybe not externally, but internally. That hope has returned, the vision and perspective again. And we whisper, thank you. And we wonder at his love, his interest in our little bits of the day. And we wonder why we've left it always so long, To call on him. So we've seen, haven't we, his authority. And his presence. And thirdly and finally, we see in this claim of Jesus, his all-defying centrality. He's the Alpha and the Omega and he knows all things. And he sees all things. And in his presence, John falls down as if he's dead before the living one i love that that contrast and john is struck by the holiness and purity of christ the one whose eyes are like burning fire his face like the sun shining in all its brilliance and we see here that tension that must always exist in our relationship with god the gentleness of his presence as we've just thought about his friendship but alongside that his intense holiness and his awesome majesty. I don't know if you remember the stories of Moses back in Exodus and he comes upon that burning bush in the desert and God calls to him and says, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place you're standing on is holy ground. And Moses hides his face because he's afraid. And this is the place where God first reveals his name I am who I am, or I will be who I will be. Such a name. Only God defines who God is. I am who I am. And yet we will discover as our series goes on each week that Jesus unpacks for us in ways that we can understand as humans what that means. And so he says, I am The bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd, and so on. And John, unlike Moses, prostrate on the ground, has a hand placed on him by this awesome, holy God. Don't be afraid. It's me, the one you ate with, the one you walked with, the one you talked with in Galilee. It's me. I've dealt with your sin. I've dealt with death. I've dealt with the separation that's kept God and the people apart. And I'm going to give you my spirit to dwell in you forever. Everything has changed. There's two men in their encounter with God. So as we begin 2019, let's seek to put the Lord Jesus in central place in our lives, in our families. In our church, let's give him the authority that only he should rightly have. And let's be reassured by his presence with us. As we end these words of Jesus for us today in Matthew from Matthew 28. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Amen.